Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 358. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me, or I should say I am with Cold Coffee, because we are in the all-new, brand-new, high-end, fancy, luxurious, elite-level Casa de Cold yes. Coffee, moving up in the world. I feel like I'm trying to I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this because I looked up online, but I feel like we should actually today call the episode the Espectaculo de Caratera MMA. Oh, nice. you didn't put you that at all, bro. It's like it's, it's like it's your natural <laughs> language, dude. That was awesome, man. Because I, I went Spanish because why am I going Spanish today? All right, today? well, let's go ahead and peel back the curtain right away. First of all, we, of course, we're having a couple of frosty beverages as we sit down and record this episode. And we do have some of the award-winning oh, Pabst yes. Blue Ribbon. I mean, that's a staple. A little red, white, and blue right there. That's always going to be there, but... We're stepping our game up a little bit as well. Okay, thank you to the fine folks of Legends Spirits who are owners of the La Adelita tequila brand, which is the official tequila of Cage Fury Fighting oh, Championships. Yes, yes, yes. That, that's how I was. You have, in, you have some knowledge of them. That's how I was introduced to this wonderful company of Legends Spirits. But they also decided, you know what? We know you guys like to have a little beverages, talk oh, a little we? MMA. Do so we? they said, let us send you a little a little bit of our portfolio for you to enjoy. So uh, the, the, the fine folks of Legend Spirits will be providing beverages for us all month long. I like it. At the MMA Roadshow. And today, we're going with the legendary Duke. It's, it's named after John Wayne. This is the. I guess I didn't put that two and two together. This is the extra añejo tequila, the Founders Reserve. This is this is 100% Blue Weber agave tequila, and then it's finished in Grand Cru French oak. So this is this is aged for three years in a French wow. wine barrel, and uh, we've been sipping on a couple of them already. And you said what is what is that bottle retail at? I believe this one retails around 120 to 130 dollars, depending wow. on where you are. And they just and they just send it to they the did, fine folks they, at the MMA Roadshow. They show. knew who they were dealing with. I can't, I you know, and we mentioned earlier. I can't think I've ever. I think if I saw the sticker in a in a liquor store for 120, I just walk right on past it. I mean, but you taste it. You so taste good. the difference. You taste the difference. It is so good. I know we we a lot of times you know we like our liquors and we do something, but this is legit. I first was like. Uh, me being me, I was like, oh, so what do I do? Do I grab the shot glasses? And I said, no, 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 <laughs> sir. This is the extra Añejo tequila. We sip this, sir. We enjoy the flavor. I had flavors. to make sure I had the right glasses for it. I'm telling you. I'll tell you a little bit about it. This is from the, the bottle. So I not... do notice the John Wayne picture on the back the John now. Wayne now picture. that you mentioned that. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it. John Wayne or Duke, to his family and friends, Duke. will endure as an American legend, a dedicated craftsman and a patriot. He spent many memorable years in Mexico filming his movies, sport fishing, and vacationing with his family. The Duke had a deep admiration and respect for Mexico and its people, and he immersed himself in the culture, spending many nights sipping the finest of tequilas. Duke Extra Añejo is distilled by hand, the old-fashioned way, in small copper pot stills from the purest agave grown in the rich red soils in the highlands of Los Altos, Jalisco. It is currently uh excuse me this carefully and currently and carefully it's carefully <laughs> and currently aged in the finest wine barrels i like that delicately charred i Duke, like that extra añejo commemorates and honors john wayne's respect of mexico his connection to the land and his pursuit of the perfect tequila well saddle up pilgrim 
I'm all on board for that one. So they did. I'd like to apologize turn. to Legend Spirits for that one. Uh, I don't know that we I have. I used to think that was a good job. I don't well, know that we have. Saddle up, pilgrims. <laughs> <laughs> you know he was down there raising <sighs> hell in Mexico. I'm sure he. You don't, found you don't he think he was just senior. casually oh, sipping no. on the finest of tequilas? And I'm sure he was rude as. Fuck, that motherfucker had his racial fucking shit. Like, whoa, I bet, I whoa, bet we're up. honoring oh, Duke wait, here. Oh, that's right, that's right. We're that's honoring true. Duke. Well, saddle up, pilgrims. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is really good. So, all right, so just hearing you say that, you said lightly or, or slightly charred. So they are still they're, they are still applying some smoke to the barrel, but, but this, you don't taste it. Yeah, this. You don't if, taste it. If we, you guys are wondering about this flavor, first of all, the tequila. You know, some people are so smooth. some people are a little adverse to tequila, right? Because they think it's a little bit too harsh. Or like me, where I was like. Is it silver or is it the is it the gold ones? Because the gold ones, to me, a lot of time, it's a much stronger. Taste. Okay, so it's, that's it's what like, I was gonna say. Know. Like, first of all, it's it's incredibly, incredibly smooth. Like, this yeah. is, I mean, this is like it the, could be a. It's almost it could be a silver. It's easy, just a shade easy. over it. I could have this with a little cigar or something. It'd be perfect, oh, right? Man, but what are you talking? now, a, a lot of people have had any tequilas that are aged in bourbon barrels, like you said, where where it gets that really smoky, smoky. flavor. So that's we used to. Okay, so way before I was the mixed martial arts journalist, when I worked in the Mexican restaurant. Uh, abuelos. Abuelos. That's right. So we I, it, I, we wouldn't make fun of them, but it always used to like almost anger me when people would come in and they'd be like, "What's the most expensive tequila you have? I want that in a margarita." And it's like, bro, Just bastardizing it. Like, bro, that is so it's so smoky. You know what I mean? Like yeah. normally, normally it has that smokiness because it's the oak barrels. But then you're putting all that sour mix. And then yeah, you put this. I'm like, shit. dude, that's not even gonna taste good. <laughs> I'm like, I appreciate the fact that you're looking to buy like just a, fucked them with them. Like, like oh, lo- we're gonna give them some fucking this. Is I love the fact that you want a fifty dollar margarita or whatever. But like, dude, it's going to taste like crap yeah. because it's gonna taste like somebody dropped a piece of wood in your margarita. But this being in the in the wine barrels. It's got like a little sweetness so to it. Oh, it's so good. You can literally, I, I, I could, one, you smell, I felt like I smelt like mm-hmm. wine barrel or something, mm-hmm. but I didn't get like the heavy smoke. And that's what off puts me because I'm not a smoker. When you drink some of those ones where I, I literally joked and I was like, I burp and I feel like I smell smoke or something like that. Right, I don't right. want that. I get it. You know, it's, if my palate was maybe more refined, maybe if I smoked, I mean, I smoke a cigar every once in a while, but not to the point to where. I'm just going to throw back something that's been aged in smoke barrels and not feel that or not taste it or whatever. But this was so, so smooth, man. Much smoother than the Duke really ever was in life. But Wow, why we, <laughs> look, we're trying to commemorate the legendary Duke, man. Duke was raw, man. He's an American legend. He is a legend. He I've was seen, a dedicated craftsman. Almost, I was he was a movies. patriot. <laughs> You're trying to besmirch the man's name. I'm, not, I'm just honoring him as he lived. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this is good. If you, if you it see this, it is really, really good. Sh- shout out to Legend Spirits. By the way, um, we've got some other. Fl- so we, we, we've got a whole variety. If you looked on my Instagram, I posted a picture uh, a couple weeks back of the care package that they sent us, yeah. and the idea was to kind of roll it out this month with the show. It is so, good. so we've got some different brands, including La Adelita Tequila, which I have not tried La Adelita yet, which is the official uh, tequila of CFFC. So I'm going to be trying that out as well. But uh, man, if you see, which I'll be honest with you, before I. I um, Spoke to the folks at Legend Spirits. Um, I, I was not aware of this brand, a legendary Duke, probably because it's a high-end brand, and I, yeah. <laughs> I am not necessarily. I don't a, make it down to that end. I'm not of the, necessarily uh, the a shelf. high-end consumer. Yeah, this this is, might be the one they have like behind the shelf. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, but but you're right. I mean, this would be the kind of thing that, say, if I knew somebody that liked tequila, and say he's having a big event, or he's graduating, or he's having a work thing, or he's mm. having a, a an anniversary, uh, you know, celebrating the birth of a child or something. Then you splurge for something. Yeah. But, I mean, I know we talk a lot of shit a lot of times where we're like, dude, trust us, it's good. 
this is really really good yeah. um I, I you know you know us i mean we drank pbr we drank the cheap shit you know we'll drink the good stuff but i honestly would say if i had to go out and buy a high-end uh bottle of, of tequila that'd be in that would be yeah. that would be in the list. It's so smooth. You can taste, like you said, you t- you you like you taste the wine. You, you smell, taste it, man. You smell that that. And I'm so glad that they. I, and it's funny. I, what's the phrase? And they said slightly charged, delicately lightly charged, charged lightly, lightly charged. charged. De- no, it does say delicately. Oh, delicately charged. charged. Yeah, delicately it charged. It tastes delicately charged. I feel like a fucking princess right now. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to interpret that. Just take it straight into Strickland. That is. Just a- take it straight <laughs> into fucking Strickland. Oh, uh, we got some Sean Strickland to talk about. That's for sure. First of all, I did want to say it's good to be back in Las Vegas. Uh, I was in uh, Philadelphia this past weekend for CFFC 105. Uh, snow on the ground. They called it Snowmageddon, Fuck man. Like, it was crazy. That. They were canceling flights, and uh, fortunately I made it in and uh, was able to get out. My flight out actually got canceled and delayed, and so I had to uh, take a later flight home. But I made it home. Good event. Uh, if you didn't check out CFSC 105 on uh, UFC Fight Pass, I would definitely recommend uh, you, you go check it out. It was a fun show. It was a fun show. Our man CM Punk couldn't make it in because of the travel delays. His his flights all got canceled. So uh, UFC middleweight and CFSC veteran Andre Petrosky stepped in on short notice. And, uh, you know, it was fun. I mean, working with a new partner that I'd never worked with before, and uh, it, it made it a little challenging as far as, you know, not having that same rhythm. But I felt by the, by the time the night wore on, um, I thought we kind of settled into a little bit. And it was a fun show. Uh, some some nice results. Uh, Manuel Sosa looks like an absolute killer, undefeated Brazilian. I think 24 years old, maybe 25, but undefeated, 8-0, all finishes. Uh, this dude looks like the real deal, so you might want to check him out. Manuel Sosa, this was his U.S. debut. Um, watch this performance because I think he's a guy that, um, man, if he doesn't get a call up to the UFC already, I, I, I would expect it to come very, very soon. And then please go check out the fight between Jose Perez and Paul Capaldo. Uh, absolute war. Uh, two two very very talented fighters. Two guys that I think are going to make it to the UFC and, and, and will be um, you know in the big show at some point. But they put on an absolute battle. One of the bloodiest fights you'll ever going to see, and just one of the absolute uh, you know battle of attrition between these two. So fantastic there. And then the main event, the winner was Aaron Jeffrey uh, over Rex Harris. He uh, retained his middleweight title. Uh, he's an interesting point, right? I mean, he's had two shots at Dana White's Contender Series. He lost both of them against, you know, two very, very talented fighters. But um, we've seen you know, three Pete's on there before. We have, we, we have, we have. So say. it's not, it's not totally ruled out. But dude, he had the best attitude about it. It's He's, like you know, they, when they really want you, they're gonna keep giving you opportunities, or they're just gonna give you a contract anyway. Well, he just yeah, exactly like maybe make it in on a short notice appearance or something yeah. like that. You know, I don't, I don't know that they'll. I mean, will he have to go back through there? I don't know. But what, what I did like was, you know. His uh, his attitude about the whole thing, it's like, you know, you talk to him about, hey, man, you know, you've, you've been the Contender Series twice. Like, what are you doing? He's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, am I supposed to just stop fighting? Like, am I just supposed to, like, well, yeah. made it to a Contender Series and then go? Like, not. He's like, no, you just get back on the horse and you keep – you keep as John Wayne would do, you just get back on the horse. <laughs> Especially with the way that the, the UFC and Fight Pass are dealing with Cage Fury. Like, a couple years back, uh, I, in my ignorant state of not really knowing all these – uh, you know, organizations out there never even knew of Cage Free, never heard anything. Right. I feel like I see him or hear about them every every week. You yeah, know, yeah. They're hearing something, so he's Probably in the right I tell spot. you about them every uh, week. Yeah, but but, but even outside <laughs> like, of Cole you, Coffee, did you see my performance? Yeah. <laughs> but even outside of them, I mean, the fact that they're he's with an organization that's putting stuff up there, so he's he's getting he's getting reps and he's getting the right reps where the the I'm sure. Sean Shelby, McMahon, or those cats sure. are watching it. I'm sure Dana, if he has nothing else to do, 
dude's a fanatic and freak yep. about watching fights as well. I mean, if nothing else is going on, he's probably watching the Patriots or something on one TV, and he's watching Fight Pass on the other one. So even if he, you know, the the contenders didn't work out, I mean, he's on he's on the tip of the tongue of somebody. That's right. Mind. He's he's in the mind. And, and look, and look, maybe if it's not the UFC, maybe it's Bellator, maybe it's one championship, it. maybe it's PFL. I mean, there's other opportunities yep. out there. You know what I mean? So Dana says that all the time. He's like, he's like, these people should be watching these shows. He's not, he's not wrong. He's not wrong, right? He's not wrong. Why don't we take advantage of the marketing dollars that the UFC just put right. into it and use it for our own organization? I they mean, ha- and it comes when it comes to researching the the amount of time that they're going out and and finding these prospects. I mean, like it'd be great, yeah, yeah. If you have, you know, like if you're a big baseball organization and you can send you know people out looking at prospects all around the U.S. and all this other stuff. Yeah. Most organizations don't have that. So if somebody else is doing the bulk of the legwork for you, why not? There's well, no shame in that. There's not, but I, I could see, and I'm sure this is whether it's talked about or it's just something behind the scenes. I'm sure those matchmakers and I'm sure those you know, uh, promotion officials and stuff don't want to be looked at as like, oh, well, he came up short trying to get in the UFC, but we snatched him up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, if you weren't good enough for the UFC, you're not good enough for us either. But I think, I, as you said, but as you said, I don't think they should feel that yeah. way. I don't think they Just imagine if they were like, if, 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 if AJ was like, AJ McKee was like, I reached out to the UFC and they never got back to me in Bellator. You know, they scoop me right up. You know, like you think Bellator had any, would, would be any bit – Ashamed to say, oh yeah, he maybe reached out and tried to get the UFC first, but no, no. But look one, at him now. He's but that fucking, one, they they, you know, they literally brought him up from his first from pro the, fight. So that amazing. one, I think. But if it was a guy that was like, you know, six and one or something and yeah. lost on the contender series, and they came to Bellator and became a champion, like maybe they would. But but they shouldn't. They who cares? Shouldn't. At this point, like who cares? I mean, if that's something where they're like, oh well. We don't want to sit around the dinner table and be like, oh, you know, the UFC can say, oh, they had him first. Yeah. If the guy's coming to your organization and he's a killer and he's doing great things and people are watching fights, who cares? I agree. It's the same thing where everybody, every guy wants to think that they're – this is a weird Uh-oh. analogy. Every I, guy I <laughs> wants to think like, oh, my girl never had sex before me. I love her. She loves me. She loves my sex. She never had sex before Bro, she's had it in there before. <laughs> like, it's all good. Get over it. It's That's the worst. That's the most painful, like, comparison to anything. We just like, nobody wants to think that, that their lovely loved ones have been soiled by another person. But it's happened, folks. And, you know, get <laughs> over it and enjoy the, the, the greatness that it is. But uh, <laughs> I haven't thought of that one in a while. But, yeah, that's still – that stings. Nobody likes to think of their girl. <laughs> She, they were virgins. They they never had sex before me. Was they it was it like BMW or Aston Martin or something that used to have a, a an ad series based around? It was like a Did smoking they? hot chick, and it was like, <laughs> but it was their it was their uh, their reset like their used cars. Oh shit! And it was like just because you're not the just because you're not the first one doesn't mean it's not still great or something oh, like that. Fuck. Yeah, I thought that was the greatest ad. Great. I don't want to go buy from. Them. I thought that was That's a phenomenal so ad. Yeah. All right, so listen, I got to share with the Dukes extra and yeah. Getting it's this so going. Good. Uh, all right, dude. I got it. So before we get into, and we're not even thrown back. Like if if Oscar was here, he'd probably be throwing chat back. Oh, he. No, be- Oscar's actually been. He's good on some of this stuff. I know we've seen him times sipping on stuff. It's just a faster sip than we. It's sip. A faster sip. It's a sip that looks like a sh- like he's shooting it, but it's it's just sipping. He, I don't know. And fast forward. We'll have to see. We'll, we'll have to invite him over for a little bit. Uh, so I had to share a story with you. I got to share a travel story with you because this has never happened to me. I mean, you and I Uh-oh. have done a lot of traveling. We've been to a lot of places. We've done a lot of things, but this has never happened to me. So, I, I and I want to know if this has ever happened to you guys because 
I was boarding a plane to Philadelphia, right? And I'm, I'm, that's never happened. No, no, I've there you go. Is that not crazy? Is that not Craziest crazy? Story ever. <laughs> boarding a plane to Philadelphia. Uh, uh, I was, uh, you know, I had to upgrade. I like go ahead. Oh, so I was going. So baller. I was group one. I was group one, but they had the pre-board in front of me, and then I was group one. So I'm behind uh, a woman uh, with a with a couple of uh, kids in strollers, right? Because they're pre-boarding. Because obviously they got to do it with all the strollers and all that. No problem. So I'm behind her. She picks up her baby, and uh, I guess she's gonna fold the stroller or whatever. So she turns around and looks at me, and without saying a word, mask on, without saying a word. Just holds out the baby and hands it to me. Was she Asian? I, I, no, she wasn't. She wasn't. It, it looked maybe Latina. Maybe I don't know. I, I'm. Maybe, she's used. To, she's used to that. White people don't do that. I I don't know, man. She just <laughs> she just handed me the baby, and and I yeah. was like, I, and, but didn't even say a word. Just like literally, just handed Here, me the baby, this, and, just, and, and it kind of kind of gave it like a little head nod. You know what I mean? Like a little, like hey, like a little forward head nod. Like yeah, yeah. you take you take this. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you want me to hold your baby? And she was like, mm-hmm. And I was like. All right, so That's I just awesome. took the baby and held it. it was, Did she ever actually say anything? Never said a word. So I'm thinking maybe she must not speak that. That's what I, th- I think. English. Maybe there's a, the English. Yeah, it doesn't speak English. So the, the not saying but a word thing. Look, when I look at you, I think, oh, this motherfucker cares. Trustworthy. He cares. He probably has not drank before he's got on this plane. Oh well, that would be an incorrect assumption. I know. That would be an incorrect. That's because the did, mask helped you block it out. They couldn't see your face. There was one part of me <laughs> that briefly considered just as a joke, like turning around and faking like I was running oh. away. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been epic, right? I started to, but then I was like, no, nah. just I was like, Morgan, just sit here and be cool, you know? Yeah, I mean? that's just, the kind of thing that even if it's like a half step, you're like, it was a joke. They're like, but you <laughs> took that half step, sir. You took the half step. Wow, that's that's that is. Um, I mean, one, uh, I am not a parent, but I can imagine if. I was travel. Travel has to be super hard, oh, especially with worst. kids that that. Especially if you're a, if you're a single if you're mom or if you're by yourself. And I, I don't yeah. know if she was a single mom, but by, what I'm just saying is by yourself. And she had two kids with her. Wow. So she had, so she could actually. Is that double wide? The little one, those little double wide strollers. Yeah. So she so she actually handed one to like you know how like they have the people <laughs> Did that she find somebody else for the other one. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like you know how they you know like the I don't know what they call, I don't know what they call the job position maybe like a porter or something the ones that like roll people down in the yeah, wheelchair yeah. or whatever. She handed one to him, and it was funny because he was like, oh, we're doing this now. Uh, he was like, all right, you know, I guess we do everything. And I was like, yeah, that's funny. And then she turned around and handed the other one to me. So so, so, so she had to pack up the stroller. Yeah, she, she folded the stroller so up. So what and then, did you do with, with the babies? Because you still had to scan your ticket. So did she no, take no, both so we were, we were actually So we were actually in the jet bridge oh, like right before okay, you get on. Oh, okay, I was thinking it was like happening – at the at the gate thing, but yeah, it makes sense. At the door of the plane, so yeah, she was like folding them up to set it off to the side, so they could do uh, the. You know, so it wasn't too bad. It's so not then, too bad. Then she just doubled in. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. That's awesome. It though. was weird. That's so it was funny. Weird. It was weird. I would have got a good chuckle if I was behind you, I, but I wonder if she would have handed me the second baby. Oh yeah, definitely. Dude, that's pretty good. Well, honestly, she, you must. She saw something in your eyes. She's like, "This guy's caring. He looks like he loves his child." She, she might have saw that was buzz. That so, was- so imagine if I was behind you and she passed me and put it to somebody else. Would I feel upset or be like, "Thank goodness"? Yeah. I probably would be like, "Fuck you, she woman! Like, she, I can hold your she kid." She like looks at you and shakes her head no, and then goes over <laughs> here and like hands it to me. Who wouldn't be like, "Uh, really?" You're going to give him a kid but not give me a baby? Come on. <laughs> That's amazing. But, yeah, I can I can honestly say uh, I think I have boarded a plane to Philly, unfortunately. <laughs> Just kidding, Philly. <laughs> but at Philly in the winter? Oh, dude, it was brutal. No. I told, I told Rob Hadak from CFFC. I'm like, can, can, I was like, Rob, 
we got to rethink the schedule, bro. I'm like, we go to Florida in January. Uh, yeah. like, we, don't, we, don't, we don't do our first trip to Philadelphia or Atlantic City until like April or yeah. May. It's like, the same thing with the UFC always would try to go to like Chicago. Remember Chicago in January? Towards the end of the year. Crazy. Like it was either like anywhere from November to like February, don't go to Chicago. It's mm. just brutal. Like December is cold. It's bad. But yeah, that whole carryover into January, it's fucking brutal. I like – I love Chicago. Nothing against you, Chicago, oh, but summer? your weather is Chicago in the brutal. summer is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, that whole winter lake effect thing, the cold air coming in. I mean, I know we've talked before over and over, you know, gear just freezing up. I mean, like, The Shining could have been filmed oh, in Chicago where the, he's just like snows freezing to his crazy tell beard. Me. That's that Chicago winds. All right, this week, USC Fight Night Saddle 200 here in Las Vegas. Listen, man, we're starting a busy stretch now. You know, I know January was a little bit of a kind of a slow month, honestly, even though we got back to it. Like, I feel like there was a yeah, – it was just a while ago where everybody's like, oh, I'm so bored. Where's MMA? Where's not going to happen now, man. We're going like – I mean, Like just, the next 40 weeks. Yeah, man, it's, it's getting busy. USC Fight Night 200 this week. Uh, Hermanson versus Strickland. You know, the card, and we're going to talk about the card because I think there were some good it's stories Herman, out of there. <laughs> I think you need some more Dukes. I can tell. That's like going down for you really well, man. That's that's what the Duke would have said. He's like, that's how I'm saying, and that's how it's going to be. That's that extra Yeho tequila, Founders so Reserve. All right. Listen, we're going to talk about some of the stories. I, I, at first glance, I can definitely see people looking at the card and saying, ah, not a lot on here. There is some stuff on here. I mean, there always is. Uh, not going to pretend, oh, this might as well be a pay-per-view. Of course not. <laughs> but there are some right. stories here that I think you're going to want to be interested in. But first and foremost, of course, uh, the main event. I mean, that's you're talking about two ranked opponents. And these two ranked middleweights are in such an interesting position, right? Because you look at USC 271 next week, and you're talking about a middleweight title fight. Yep. You're talking about Brunson and Cannonier, which is a big middleweight fight as well. So you're going to see a lot of shakeup in the division, or at least in terms of standings where everybody is. And both Jack Hermanson and Sean Strickland both kind of said, hey, you know, I'm not putting it out of the realm of possibility that I could sneak in and get a title shot here, you know? And I mean, they're right up there. I mean, like, it's hard. I wouldn't say this is, like, a number of contender, but this is fighting for the contender type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you're right. I mean, these are two guys that they're not far from the top. They have, you know – a bit of heat going with him right now, especially Strickland for better or for worse. People are paying attention to what he's doing. But Hermanson's been around there for a while, just sort of bubbling on the edge of the scene, you know. So, yeah, I mean, either one of these guys goes out there and does something spectacular – the guys at the top of the division have to think, like, these are the the next list. This is the short list type thing. Well, it's funny because it's it's as you said, it's kind of two different reasons, right? I think, I mean, you know, obviously what what uh, Strickland said is, hey, like, you know, and he didn't really he didn't really verbalize this, but he just talked, you know, he realizes he's on a nice run, yeah. and he realizes, hey, maybe I can get there, especially if I turn in good performances. And as you said, but I think the reason he benefits is what actually uh, Hermanson just laid out. He's like, bro. There's been so many rematches lately. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we've seen Adesanya face Vittori again. We've seen Adesanya. Yeah. You know, we're we're seeing him face Whitaker again. You know what I mean? Like maybe people don't want to keep seeing rematches. He's like, if Brunson wins, or do do they want to see Brunson again or not? You know what I mean? He's like, so if if Brunson wins, then maybe I just slip in right there, and and maybe Strickland might feel the same way. So yep. it's gonna be interesting to see things the the way things play out over the next two weeks because the middleweight division certainly on full display here, and then of course on full display again at USC 271. So a lot of you know, kind of jockeying for position coming up. Now, 
I imagine a lot of people listening to this podcast may have caught at least a highlight or two or maybe a little clip <laughs> or two of Sean Strickland, who, is, who has suddenly become oh. uh, the uh, – I mean – the antihero, but you know he's saying super, super antihero. He's saying too that listen, um, you know I knew that I couldn't talk before. Now I know I can talk a little bit because they can't get on me. So I just want to go ahead and play the whole thing because you may have played some clips. Yeah, and then I want to talk about this because yeah. it was There's certainly a lot to talk about and take in. it was certainly the most uh, unique scrum of the day. Uh, and it's certainly he's one of the. I believe in the story that I wrote. I believe uh, I said he may be the loosest cannon in a sport full of, you know, maybe humans that aren't the most well-adjusted human beings. You know, he may be the <laughs> wildest of them all. Uh, so let's let's hear from uh, no longer Tarzan. By the way, I was told, do not play this at work. This is not safe yeah, for work. Yeah, yeah, not safe for work. Uh, if you're a kid. Yeah, not uh, safe for family. Not safe for family. If you're around your kid and you don't want your kid to – now, if you're a kid and you're listening to this – look, I'm going to be honest. We, people just talk like this. You know what I mean? But <laughs> it's, it just don't – don't maybe not around your parents, maybe not around a teacher. Yeah, you don't, know what don't start just, mimicking these lines. Sean Strickland is not safe for work, but uh, here's here's what he had to say. Well, Sean, what's life like these days, man? I feel like you're the, uh, the UFC's newest superstar, man. You're getting all kinds of attention. I don't know, man. I just – oh, shit, I got the microphone. I got the microphone. I don't know. Life's good, man. Life's fucking good, dude. Fucking – you know, I sit at home, I spar, like, you know, I'm fucking, I'm not broke. That's fucking nice. I don't know how much you guys make, but not being broke sucks. It's, it's really great, you know. That's yeah, fucking nice, man. I mean, you guys are probably, you guys probably, you know, you guys probably a little broke. You guys are, you guys are, you guys are fucking in the media, you know. We all, got, we all got into this. Unless your name's fucking Weinstein, bro. I mean, you know, like media kind of struggles a little bit. <laughs> Uh, so listen, it's funny because right, like I feel like you kind of avoided the attention for a long time. Like you didn't really enjoy it, but it seems like you're kind of embracing it now. Has something changed, and you're like, ah, it's not so bad. No, you know what it is. You know what it is. Like I'm getting to a point where I could say shit and not get cut from the UFC. You know. So before it's like, oh man, I wasn't good. Like I couldn't, I couldn't say shit because Dana White would be like, hey, go fuck that white trash motherfucker. Get him out of here. But now, since I'm getting a little bit more like you know fan base, people want to watch me fight, I could say a lot more offensive shit. So it's nice. So were you actually conscious about it growing up? Like, dude, if I open my mouth, people oh. are not going to like what I have to say. Fuck yeah, man. Every, every coach or manager I ever had, like, Sean, shut up. They're not going to sign you. Like, shut up. They don't want that. They want an image. And then, like, you know, now I'm just going to be the white trash motherfucker that I am. It's nice. Is that nice? Because, you know, the old reputation was you were the asshole that nobody wanted to train with because you would fight. Now you're the white trash guy. Is that, like, a better reputation? Now? I mean, I'm still no one wants to train with me, but, you know, like – I mean, I don't, okay, I say I'm not white trashy just because I grew up without fucking bathroom doors, you know? Like, I grew up in, like, a middle-class household, you know? We just have doors, but we weren't white trash. I mean, we were, no, we were, like, you know, like, the neighborhood, there's always that one white trash fucking house everybody avoids? Like, there's always cop cars in the front, windows fucking broken. Like, that was us, but I wasn't necessarily poor. Have you gotten any uh, homemaking tips since you, gave, you debuted your episode of Cribs? Have you oh. gotten any decorating advice, yeah. maybe, or... Here's the thing, man. Here's the thing, dude, about fucking decorations and clothes and cars. Guys only fucking do it to get laid. Dave Chappelle has a great skit, dude. He talks about, like, he talks about, like, if a guy could fuck a chicken in a cardboard box, he would fucking do it. The only reason why any of you fucking people wake up and you have your gay little fucking European haircut or Australian haircut, it's for fucking women, dude. If that wasn't the case, you wouldn't have a couch. You wouldn't have a fucking bed. You'd be sleeping on a fucking mattress in a fucking cave somewhere. So, like, listen, you guys. You guys are all just a bunch of manipulated, you know, chasing the pussy too much. Calm down. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, <didn't, laughs> I, like I wanted to That's die. my kind of girl right there. I like that. 
Uh, all right, so listen, main event again. I mean, are, are you learning anything from these, you know, lessons or opportunities? I mean, is it a comfortable spot? What, I mean, what do you think? I don't know, dude. Like, you know, I obviously think that I'm a fucking prostitute for the UFC. So it's like I like that they give me money, but, like, I'm not going to sit here and wear a suit and think I'm anything other than just a dogfighter. I mean, in the day, we get we locked in the cage, we punch each other in the face, we try to kill each other, we make somebody millions, and we get paid fractions of that, which I'm not hating. I love my job. I love what I get paid, but come on now. We're not doing anything special. You guys watch us. We're like a fucking circus. We're like pornography. It's something you, you like, you want to fucking, you know, you want to jerk off to, but you don't necessarily want to do. <laughs> I have not done that to a fight. I appreciate it. Uh, listen. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Jack Hermanson is an opponent. I mean, what, what do you make of him as a fighter? Oh, man. I, he's, he said he's going to finish me in one round on his knees. I fucking, I was like, oh, shit. It's scary. What do you guys know he's going to finish me? What do you guys tell you? We haven't seen him yet. He's, he's oh, later today. No, uh, Jack Jack is a good guy. What do they call him, the Joker? How does that even happen? How, why is he called the Joker? Because he smiles a lot. And, oh, that's fucking gay. I thought he was more of like, I want to fucking burn down the world, Joker. Uh, at the moment, when he first actually did, I was like, dude, me and this guy, we might have some shit in common. We might be a fellow fucking like destructive maniac and then once I got to know him I'm like he's a really nice happy guy fuck this guy you're not my you're not my friend <laughs> you went here I mean like you said you're on this rise man you went here we're talking about the elite of the division is all that's left to face right I mean are you looking at any of those names is it you know Costa no. Vittori I mean what, what are you looking at? I mean ideally ideally Brunson beats um Cannonier, and maybe I could like if I do an impressive performance I can you know dump and dodge and get a title shot That'd be that'd be the perfect world, but at the end of the day, man, I'm just here to fight, make some money. But yeah, if I get a title shot, fuck yeah, let's go. I'll make fun of Style Bender's fucking titty all day long. Will that mean something to you, a title, or is it just about the money that comes along with that? I mean, it's one of those weird things, dude. Like fucking, you know, if they want to fight for fucking ribbon and ten, give them ribbon and fucking ten. Like it's, yeah, like it'd be cool to do, but at the end of the day, man, like it's a fucking, it's it's fake. It's fucking fake, man. It's fake. Do you get to a point, so like you got to a point where you say I can say what I want. When you're a champion, do you feel like you can say what you want or do you have to be careful because now you're representing the brand? No, it's even better now because when you're a champion, I could go full like Conor McGregor. I could go fucking hit a old guy in a bar, fucking throw a fucking, throw a, try to fucking assault Khabib's manager, Ali. You know, it's fucking even better, dude. <laughs> That's great. Last thing for me, I mean, you said it, impressive performance. Maybe you get a title shot. So, I mean, do you feel like you got to go in there and do something spectacular or is it just, just make sure you pick up the win? You know, man, I, I say that, but it's all it's all on me. Like, I want to go in there and have a fucking war. I want to have a fucking bloodbath, dude. Like, you know, like, oh, man, I just, you know, I want to fucking, you know, kill or be killed. Like, there's nothing worse than leaving a fight thinking that you fought like a fucking pussy, you know? I'd rather fucking lose a fight on my back than go in there and be like, oh, I fought like a pussy and I won, you know? Hey, man. Why did the UFC not want to change your name from Tarzan to something else? Dude, I don't know. I always ask him. Maybe I never went through the official channels. I'm usually just like, hey, random number that texts me with a UFC tag. Like, change my fucking name. Like, dude, like, I'm a fucking savage, man. Like, I'm a fucking, like, like I'm a pillager. Like, you know, like, I, I, like, I will cross any moral lines. Like, I, I don't even think morality exists in my brain. So why the fuck am I named after a Disney character? I was younger, had long hair, and everyone was like, oh, well, like, you, he's wild, he has long hair, Tarzan. It was fucking gay. I probably thought it'd get me laid when I was a dumb kid, and I'd, like, tell women that I'm emotional. I watch fucking Disney movies, suck my dick. Going on to this women thing that you've, you've got going on today, in your tour of your house, you said that the bedroom was where no magic happened. Oh, yeah, no. Do you think that has anything to do with the fact that to flush your toilet, you have to physically <laughs> shove your hand into it? In all fairness, guys, I called maintenance... We're going to get that shit handled. We're going to get that shit handled, bro. We're going to get that shit handled. 
But hey, you know what, man? If, if a girl can't handle a white trash me, why are they going to handle a rich me? You know? I should go buy a fucking Mercedes. You know, I should go buy a fucking BMW in a nice house. That'll be nice. Thanks for the pointers, man. I'll get a gay haircut like you. Okay, please. Somebody, somebody show this guy his fucking haircut. When you post this fucking interview, dude, show your gay fucking haircut with it. <laughs> Listen, I put a lot of work in for this. By the way, dude, when I, when I make fun of gays, dude, I fucking, I love gay men. Dude, gay men are awesome. Lesbians, not so much. Lesbians hate me. Lesbians look at me like the guy that hurt them. I'm not the guy. I'm not your father. But gay men, gay men look at me like they want to fuck me, and I respect that. You know, they compliment me. They slide in my DM. I get some dick pics every now and then. I respect that shit. So I'm not homophobic. Sean Strickland loves gay men. I love yeah. bi women too. So it's like, you know, it's one of those things where I'm not, I'm not full lesbian, but kind of. <laughs> Did uh, Jack Hermanson see you after sparring the other day? Oh, fuck yeah. I walked in the gym. So I sparred Tuesday and it was like a hard session. You know, I'm having all these like fresh, mean Russians, like fucking tag team me. Like I'm in a fucking casting call, you know? <laughs> so anyways. <laughs> So as I walk in the gym, I walk in the gym and I'm all hunched over, fucking sore. And he's like all upright, like fucking, you know, all Swedish, good looking guy. Yeah, so that wasn't my fucking proudest moment. Why does Kevin Holland not like you? Oh, Kevin Holland. He's Kevin Holland. I don't I think I told him I could rape him in prison one day and it bothered him. But I'm just saying the facts, dude. I'm just saying the fucking facts, man. If me and you were in a jail cell together and I wanted to, like, I could take that ass. Uh, no, nah, he, he like, he started like talking shit to me on, on, on Instagram. And I, I think I, I one upped him by saying that, which I don't think it's a one up. I'm telling you some really fucked up things. So anyways, I seen him at the PI the other day and like, he's like popped out his fucking chest. Like, or like, come on, like trying to fight me. And I'm like, Kevin Holland, bro, you have my Instagram, dude. Like we can't fight here. Edgar, my boy, Edgar, the fucking, the, the, the UFC guy with the abs, He's going to break this shit up. We can't fight here. You got to fucking call me. We'll go to this fucking parking lot and we'll fucking, we'll do the fucking man dance. The thing about Kevin Holland, you know, he just, he doesn't know how to embrace his feelings. He doesn't know how to feel. He's scared of his feelings. So like Kevin Holland's one of those guys where he sees me, he's, he's scared of me. And, and it's fair. He's, he's a very tall, scary black man. A part, of, a, part of, a part of him scares me. But I could look at him and say, Kevin Holland... You scare me. I'm okay with that. I allow myself to feel. I'm not, a, I'm not scared of feelings, but I will still take you out in the fucking parking lot and fight you to the fucking death. And Kevin Holland, he's just not that way because I was like, Kevin, listen, man, I don't need money. You just fucking, you just walk out these fucking doors. Let's go. And he was like, fuck that. I'm right here. I'm like, he's just being a pussy. Just, he's, he's just scared to feel. Kevin Holland, you call me, dude. We could, we could talk about your feelings. I got you. Don't be, don't be scared. Last one from me. In the video of you showing your house around, uh, there's a bit where you just picked up various guns do you feel like one day that video will be used as an advertisement for gun control uh, you know man if i ever killed somebody like realist realistically i would hate to use a gun like honestly how impersonal is that to shoot someone like that's not even real like like ideally ideally when i fantasize about killing somebody i think it no I mean, we all you tell me you never fantasize about you never laid in bed at night and said what if some guy called my haircut gay once that man <laughs> <laughs> But I listen, I see you guys. You've never laid in bed. You've never wanted to kill one person in your life, ever. Don't fucking lie to me, you fucking liars. Every human being on this fucking planet has thought some boss or somebody that fucked their girlfriend, they've sat in bed and like, I would like to kill this motherfucker. It's all normal. You guys are no better than me, especially maybe you with your gay fucking haircut. But... <laughs> Disappearing as well. I've got a receding hair. Yeah, that's all right, dude. Me too, man. Fuck it, dude. Here, here's her fucking little boys, dude. You got hair on your balls. That's all that matters. Maybe. No, but anyways, you like we've all fantasized about it. If every single one of us would enjoy killing somebody, if I ever get the opportunity to do in a legal way, I would like it to be very personal. I'd like it to be in my hands. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> Thank you.
right, that is the uh, very unique, uh, one-of-a-kind Sean Strickland. Now, here's the interesting part, right? I mean, we know at this point that the dude is a little bit out there, right? And I do find it interesting, you know, what he said, that like, hey, now I know I'm in a position where I can say whatever I want to say and they're not going to cut me. You know, in the in the piece that I wrote, if you read the story that I wrote on, on MMA Junkie, which is um, basically the headline I used was that, you know, he doesn't plan on dialing it back. Um, and, and then use the quote where he said, I'm just going to be the white trash mother that I am, right? Um, and, and I did say in the piece, like, hey, listen, um, you know, he knows that there's potential backlash. You know, he knows there's a reason that he's been quiet up to this point. He does feel like he could say whatever he wants now. I, I don't know that that's 100% true. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I think about – the idea that potential sponsors, current sponsors, might be quite upset about some of the things that he's saying, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I think, you know, could UFC or could ESPN executives at some point, you know, if, if he's if he's UFC champ and he's throwing out some of the stuff he's saying, you know, are are, are ESPN even going to put up with it? And well, I'm that, kind of that's it. I'm kind of interested that's to see it. how that all plays out. I will say too, you know, I, I saw a couple comments of like, oh, look at these reporters; they should be challenging on this. Like, I mean, look. I, I guess you know he talks about killing somebody. That's weird to me. But yeah. what am I like? Super, I, super, super weird. I don't know what to say to that. If I'm being honest with you, like I, you know. Yeah, I mean, like I didn't see anybody. I mean, and and we'll get into it. I mean, like it's like you, everybody seemed to be triggered about the fact that like, oh you're you're gonna let him say gay this, gay this. But gay he this. literally said. But then he literally was I'm like, I'm not homophobic. I love gay. I, I but love. Then gay he also dudes. said like you know oh I just have dreams of killing people. But I didn't see the same people saying like. How could you let him go on and talk about killing people yeah. and whatever? You know, like certain things trigger people different other ways or whatever. Um, I, I just I, I feel like to be honest with you, it's it's an interesting discussion, I guess, and I'd be willing to have it with anyone. But I feel like in a lot of ways, I mean, our job is to document what's being said. Right. I don't know that it's necessarily my job to challenge him right there about like how why are you saying these things? Right. How can you say these certain things? I mean, and especially be able to challenge in a proper way. Like if you just take a gut reaction and you something, and especially if he's already fired up and he's firing all cylinders, I think what happens too is then you just get that gut reaction. Uh, well, how can you say what you're saying, whatever? And he's like, well, you know. And then he comes with something. And then you get to a point where then say you get stumped, and then you just stop everything and then the, the everything sort sort of falls apart where it's almost better to like you said document let them do let them say what they're going to say let them put their own foot in in his mouth and then come back after the fact when you can actually think about what's being said and then maybe craft something better to say afterwards right when you run into him instead of just having that gut reaction of like i mean everybody felt it when you're listening you're like fuck dude like you almost felt like wow he's he's trying to ratchet it up higher than what he did before. Cause even before he came in the room, we were like, man, what are we going to get to see? Everybody. What was. are we going to, what are we going to see today? You know? And I can honestly say nobody expected him gauging the room of what I felt. Nobody expected him to do what he did today. It was, it was turned up in a different flavor than what it was the last time that he was there. He kept trying to the whole, like, you know, flavoring it and just say, Oh, you know, I guess I'm just white trash, whatever. I, I grew up around a lot of white trash people. I knew a lot of shit. We didn't say a lot of the same shit that he was saying. Right, right. You know, I'm just like, you can't just throw a blanket phrase out there and, and it makes it all right or whatever. But in the same sense, like you said, you know, like, yes, you can be this journalist, you can do whatever, but it's not our job to police people and say, oh, sir, you said a bad word. Stop right there. Stop right there. One, if you're going to go out there and you're going to be and say stupid shit, 
I'm going to film every last bit of it and take every little bit of it. Then let us talk about it after. Let us think about what's being said. Let me think about the whole context. Let me take everything that you said in full context of what you said and then try to put a filter of how I interpret what you said. Don't I don't want to stop at a certain phrase that you say and just say, oh, you're triggering me right now. I don't want to hear anything else. Because I think when you got towards the end of everything that he said, he backtracked on some sense, you know, later on. And he, 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 in his own way, tried to sort of adjust and make amends of like sort of what he was saying. It wasn't like he was what he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't say this. I mean, it wasn't like he was trying to say I'm sorry. But if I would have if we would have cut him off halfway through there, would we ever even got that? You know, and that might not have happened if we immediately when he said something, we were like, sir, I call foul. And he's like, well, and he immediately shuts down. <clears throat> he never gets a chance to walk back and say, guys, I, I'm not trying to say this is like gay, whatever thing. Like, I, you know, I like, you know, I'm not homophobic. I'm blah, 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 blah. But if we would say if we would have challenged him before, he would maybe would have never said that because he, he would have went on the fence and went on another tangent. And then we, by us interfering with what he was saying, we, in some way, shaped the scope of what he was eventually able to say. Whereas if you let him sort of work it out on his own, he figured it out in his head, like what he was saying was going to affect some people. Right. And in his own mind, he tried to walk some of that back a little bit to sort of just say, guys, this is why I'm saying, this is where I'm from, this is what I'm doing. We wouldn't have got that if we would have put ourselves into it. A lot of people try to always interject themselves and make themselves part of the story. Our job is not to be part of the story. That's kind of what I feel like. It's to I, document what's look, being said. I don't use the term gay, right? I understand. Like, I, you know, when I was a little kid, I, I did because it was just sure. like people said it, right? You know what I mean? Like that right. was the thing. And then it was explained as we got older. You know, that, that was just stuff that people said in the schoolyard. And then as we got older, people said, no, this is a very offensive term. You yeah. know, fair Especially enough. Especially when I knew gay people then, they were like, that shit kind of a uh, – Upsets yeah. me. I'm like, well, fuck. I don't want to say anything. I'm gonna upset enough. my so friends. I, like that's I, fucking stupid. I don't use that term, but I don't know that it's my job to sit there in an interview session and be like, Sean, I need you to stop using that word at this moment. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe, maybe I should. Maybe, I, maybe I'm supposed to be that way. But I, I've just never felt that that's my, you know, that that's 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 my position. Well, that's why I was. I always, you know, everybody's like, oh, so you're a journalist. You're. Blah. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't. I don't like to say that. I'm not that. I'm like, I'm a videographer. I like to document shit. Mm -hmm. When people say and do stuff in front, I might interview and I might ask questions, but I want them to say what they're going to say, and then I film it, and then we can be able to look back at after the after the fact, you know. So I guess it's a little bit easier for me because I'm like, I'm just here to document it. But I think ultimately, at us at the media days, we ask the questions, we do the things. They say what they say, and then we digress and look at what they give us, mm -hmm. and then we go back and then we talk about it. And then if they eventually realize whatever, they're able to say something. But if we get into the point, I just I do feel strongly though that if we if somebody would have just said boom 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 to Sean right at the, at the beginning, it would have went a different way. Would it have stopped him from saying it? No, but it maybe fired him up and he would have gotten maybe more angry or whatever. But at least. The fact that he was given the chance to say his bit, play the role, do whatever, but it was different. It's very different than like a, a Colby, where Colby jumps into character, but I didn't feel the same sort of way of watching a Colby interview to how I felt today. No, I think that's just who Sean is. He's a he's right. a, he's it's an just out, how Sean he's an is. out there cat, man. He's right. an out there cat, you know. I mean, it's very very different. Like I never felt. Like I was watching a character. I just felt I'm watching the dude and I'm watching his upbringing. I'm watching where he was at, you know, how he was from what he came up, you know, to where he is now, you know. 
I just, I mean, so it felt real, but it also, I've known people like that my whole life. So it wasn't, to me, it didn't like, oh my goodness, I, I didn't live a sheltered life. Right. So it's like seeing something like that, it's not like I, it wasn't, while I can, I have the, the presence of mind to know that the things he's upsetting is going to be upsetting to others, but it's not something that I had never had heard. So it wasn't like, not. so I wasn't shocked by it. I was shocked by the fact of he didn't, uh, he did so without realizing that this could be harmful to his career. It could be harmful to the, the company. Well, that's what I'm curious is to know, see. Is, is there going to be, you know, kind of a glass ceiling of what, I mean, I think financially for sure, like, dude, like there's no way he gets sponsors, right? Like, even if right. he's a champion, like there's no way he ever signs some multi-million dollar sponsorship, right? Yeah. Like Sony isn't gonna be like, hey, we want you to wear our new headphones or whatever. But oh yeah, but yeah, <laughs> they're like, wear our headphones so you don't have to hear Sean talk about this and that. You know, I mean, uh, what was it that was said? I can't remember. Uh, I fucking loved him, uh, Torres. Oh, the the uh, the joke about the uh, the rape van. Yeah, yeah. Which what? was actually, which was actually should be said. A line on a TV show that right. you quoted the line on a TV right, show. But, like but what, what Sean said today was much more like graphic and visual. But maybe it's just the the recency bias, you know, of what we heard. Like I remember going back and hearing what uh, you know Miguel said, and it was just like, whoa, okay, I can see why people are getting fucked up. But like you said, it was from a show or whatever. Like there was that was not what was happening today. You right. know, like I could totally see where if the UFC felt like they cared about it if people were fired up like why we didn't say why are they not fired up with the fact that the ufc pr didn't go up and say sean can we have a moment and can we talk for a second isn't it their job to fucking maintain what's going on that's what i wonder i mean do they you ever know? step in and say something like sean you gotta stop dude no they they were just i mean i'm not gonna even say i mean i'm not trying to throw buddies under the bus but like i felt like they were just like let's get through the day you know because later on when we hear them they're like what was he saying i was like oh so nobody's really paying attention to what he was saying i was like because he was saying some fucking shit you know uh that's the kind of thing i mean that also happens on a day when you have a ton of fighters coming in and out where you're just worried about this and that nobody's job is really to sit there and say hey what uh what's being set up there and should we have a little, you know, uh, sidebar with yeah. these guys once they get off the stage, you know, I don't know if that actually happens, but, but to think that you are too big for them to let go is just completely, I, I feel Sean's really, really wrong in that while Sean is firing and, and bringing some great eyes or whatever, if you, if you tip the scales too heavy in one direction, at some point, something has to break. And it's this is not know, like this is not like Francis Ngannou all of a sudden just saying, hey, fuck you white people. Fuck, you fucking suck. But, hey, I'm a fucking hell of a fighter. Francis, you're like, fuck, we really want to keep Francis around. Yep. You know, this is the guy that, yes, while he's fighting great recently, is it worth it? I like Sean Strickland. But, I mean, like, if it came down to it, like, bro, you're not a champ. You're not like I mean. I know like, I find that interesting when he's like that. Oh, now I'm to a part where they can't cut me and like. I was like, fuck! You? you need to have some people around him telling him like, bro, be you. But you're not. You need to be able to stop at some point and pull back. He's not too big to get cut. And like, boy, what would that say if if all? Was, I mean, he's fuck. Oh, they would never cut. They would never do that to a headliner. But what I mean, if they really wanted to send a message, like after today, you're saying like you, tonight, after, just be like after you really want to send a message, like you're gone. We're now uh, uh, Punaheli Soriano and Nick Maximoff exactly. for the new main event. If you really wanted to send a message, that's what you do. 
that's what you do. You say what you did was completely just – that was just egregious. You just really went overboard. We can't tolerate it. I'm sorry. Your fight is not happening right now, and you can be whatever. But if you want to show the fact that they know that that's, the, that's a fight that means something for the division, that means something whatever, so they're never going to cut that. But if they really wanted to make a statement, you pull that fucking fight. Just interesting to see how it's all going to play. I mean, look, we, you know, we saw the guy's tour of his, you know, his Cribs episode on Instagram where yeah. they were like, the man clearly doesn't, you know, there's some things not right. You know what yeah. I mean? He's, he's, uh, he, he is a little bit out there. I'm just kind of curious to see what this does for his career moving forward because if he keeps winning, man, like I said, he wins this fight, there's not a lot of names in front of you right man. now. You know what I mean? You're at the very, very top of the division. So what does the UFC do with them? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm well, Patreon folks, you heard the discussion. You guys, we have, I love the community that we have over there in Patreon. We talk about shit. Uh, Fellas, chime in, man. Let us know what you think. Uh, should we have said something? Should we have stopped the thing? Should we should we have called a, a halt to thing? Or should or did we, you know, by document and let them do the thing? Was that fine? What would you have liked to have seen? Uh, you guys have been around the, the, the fight scene. You've seen this shit. You're not going to just have a gut reaction or whatever. But, I mean, um, what do you think? Yeah. How would you have done? What would you have done if you were there? Uh, and what do you think we should have done? And what do we uh, – just let us know. Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's what that fucking thing is for, is to have a conversation. We're going to talk about later on about some stuff that we're trying to work on to, to help build that. But, I mean, ultimately, that's what it is. You try to send on Twitter, I'm not going to fucking pay attention. <laughs> just being honest. It's just because I don't really pay attention. That's no respect to you. That's just because I don't pay much attention to Twitter. But I read every fucking comment that goes to our Patreon. I'm yep. sorry, I don't. I don't know why I'm cussing. That it's just it's a crazy subject. It's the Duke. It, 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 well, it, maybe Sean just. Up, Bill, maybe, maybe Sean just got. Sean loves. Sean loves him. I better we ask him. Sean loves him some fucking Duke. <laughs> <laughs> he loves some f bomb. Uh, he that's loves him. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, let us let us know what you think. Uh, it's 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 a touchy situation. I mean, there's no right. There's no wrong. Uh, there's a million ways we could have did it. Uh, but what do you guys think? Do we do we drop the ball? Did we uh do we fuck up by not stopping it and saying, dude, uh, are you sure you want to say what you're saying because you're being a dick? Uh, let us know. That's one way to support the show. By the way, the other way to support the show is if you ever just want to just send over a couple bucks, John Dash Morgan Dash four hundred <laughs> on Venmo. You can Venmo us a couple bucks. You could be like Matt Clark who sent over some. He sent over a couple bucks for some peanut M Ms for Coke. Oh. He's the one that sent the peanut M Ms oh, for Coke coffee. And and he says, look, so peanut M and M's on Matt Clark, and he says, since you brought up Francis Ngannou's name, I thought we'll go ahead and, and, and talk about him. What chances do you give John Jones against Francis Ngannou? I think the UFC might do John Jones versus Stipe. What are your thoughts? Uh, first of all, I think 100 percent we're we're heading towards John Jones yeah. versus Stipe Miocic for the interim heavyweight title, which it's bizarre. Ooh. We talked about it a little bit on Spinning Back Click this past week. Where it's really funny because to be honest with you, an interim belt actually makes sense right now. Like you got a guy, really? you got a guy who's who you says want like, Francis, like Francis, go get the surgery, right? Dude. Just get it done. He needs surgery. Yes. He's actually putting it off for a little bit because he's going to handle some stuff first. Doesn't the UFC have to pay for that? Of course, of course. Do the but surgery. I, I think he wants to do some travel first before he has to start doing the rehab and all that. So he's he's taking some time, then he's doing the surgery, and then of course. He's already basically said, like, I ain't coming back. You know what I mean? Now, maybe they can yeah. work that out. But essentially, it's been like, look, I'm going to box next. Like, that is my next yeah. move. So, like, it's funny because, you know, w when we first did Cyril Gaon versus Derek Lewis, everybody's like, what are you doing for an interim title? And I think because of that, the UFC's kind of backed themselves into a corner a little bit where, like, if they do 
John Jones versus Stevie Miocic for the interim title. I do think there'll probably be some backlash. Like, we just had an interim title. Why do we have another interim title? But it's completely justified right now. So yeah. I, I do think – I think, Matt, you're 100% right. We're, we're going to see John Jones versus Stevie Miocic at some point over the next – you know, over the summer maybe, maybe International Fight Week, maybe around there um, for, the, for the interim heavyweight title. And to be honest with you, I can't argue with it. Like, I think it's justified at this point. So I think we're going to see that. Can you but, make your pick right now? Well, I, I, oh. so I guess it kind of fades in here. So, what chances do you give John Jones against Francis Ngannou? I give Ngannou? him great fucking chances. I give him great chances. I do as well. I'm the <laughs> I same really way. Really do. And, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, and let me let me let me ask you if if uh, if your reason for giving him a great chance is the same as mine, and it would be standing next to the man at the USC Hall of Fame ceremony Jeez. the night before he, you know, obviously everything went haywire with his family and, and the arrest and yeah. all that, but. Uh, I, when he first started talking about heavyweight division, of course, John Bones Jones, skinny Bones Jones, right? You think, oh, skinny. he is not Bones. He's he, every he's, bit as big as Francis He's is. John Meat Truck Jones now, man. You yeah. know what I mean? He's we seen his. Br- I mean, his brothers. Look at his brothers. I, I mean, know. like, he comes from a line of big fucking dudes. I mean, and when it comes to technicality and, and skill set, John is just about second out. I mean, we haven't been – I mean, we've been talking about this dude as being one of the best pound-for-pound pound fighters. Does that change because now he's heavier? No. Fuck no. 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 I mean, I, like we said before, Francis so impressed me. His level of – I mean, the dude is just soaking it up like a sponge, man. Mm-hmm. I, he is going to be so hard for anybody else that is not John Jones in that division. John Jones is different. Hey. He ain't taking John Jones down. Sorry, no. you know that. No. You know, I mean, uh, listen. It, like the first takedown where he caught the kick. Okay, if he, if John, if he hits him, maybe. If John Jones, if he oh, hits him and oh, stuns him, if he yes, hits him, he hurts maybe. him. But as far as like you know, like as, as far as like just you know being able to just. To, to, I'm going to press him against the cage and go for a two, uh, you know, a double leg. And then, not and, happen. and then I'm going to sit on top of him for five minutes. He's not, not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So not I give him a good chance. Again, the power is a problem. If Francis yep. hits you, he hits you. That's a problem, no question about it. Yep. And and I, and I would see the same thing against Stipe. I mean, look, when yep. you get to the heavyweight, but th- but that's everybody. We say that in yep. the heavyweight division, everybody can knock everybody out. Like that's just it. At the yep. heavyweight division, anybody can score out. So the yep. the power is going to be an issue. But now you're talking about skills. You're talking about grappling. You're talking about, um, you know, all those things. I, you know what's funny is I to, to get Matt. So me personally, I give John. Like I know people don't like John Jones. I get it. But I give him a great chance. He's a phenomenal a fighter against either one of those guys. I give him a great chance. The yeah. power is going to be an issue. I love Stipe, but I think Jones would beat Stipe. I wanted to. Uh, I was, I was going to reach out to Dan Tom. Obviously, Dan Tom is such a studious uh, expert on the sport and the way he breaks yeah. things down. But I know how busy and swamped he is too. So I didn't want to necessarily bog him down with a with a hypothetical because it hasn't happened yet but um but maybe i'll maybe i'll reach out to him and see if he's willing to kind of break it down anyway because uh i mean he loves break but but the, the thing about dan tom that, that is why he's so good at what he does but it's also why i don't want to ask him something that because he wants to research because dude he, exactly he, he goes, he goes so deep. like he can't just be like well john let me let me tell let you what just my, go off the cuff let me, yeah let me go off the cuff and tell you what my <laughs> feeling is no 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 dan tom is like well if you <laughs> give me three days to research if you che- yeah if you check out the two minute clip of round number two <laughs> right here you'll see the foot position and i'm like i can't do that to the man i'm gonna yeah. I'm, I'm gonna freak him out so uh, but I give him a good chance, man. I know people that's don't like John Jones, but a, I, I give mean, him a good chance. Especially that, I mean, I think as that sort of works out and that comes, I mean, I'm sure we'll eventually get to that point. But you're right. I mean, that's something that we can – let's aim to bring him back on. We should try to bring Dan on and figure some ways to kind of work him back in. But you're right, man. The guy, his, his work ethic when it comes to breaking down stuff 
it's it's on borderline neurotic. Like he just goes all in. But that's why. If you notice, he's not he's not a part of our staff picks anymore. And and his logic behind why is that? His logic behind it is so interesting because we turn our staff. Yeah, so we turn. I think maybe I shouldn't even say anything because I think he maybe kind of wanted to fly under the radar a little bit. But the thing is, like, it burns him because like we turn in our staff picks on Monday, right? Like we turn them in like very very early in the week, and he is so. Again, studying every detail and yeah. wants to see the weigh-ins, wants to see everything. But and we always do have the right to change picks. But like, I think Dan also knows how much work that is for Matt Erickson, and so Dan doesn't want to be like, okay, I'll just give you some placeholder picks, but then on Friday, totally I'll that. give you my real picks, and, and I need you to change. I guarantee it. it would just be fine details on the things. He should have still. So he's not part of our staff picks anymore. That's why. But but I, 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 I kind of respect it. I kind of respect it. It's his commitment. I'm to, so far down in the list right now that wow. I can't see the top. I didn't realize who was back up there at the top. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's reigning champion. <laughs> I, it's, it, I, I try to keep an eye on the division and I see did, who's coming up. I will know? say that I rode momentum in my second into my second because I took second place the year after I won. I tied uh, – I was right with Simon, and I think he, uh, Simon Head took it. The year after me, but right. I was right there with him till the very end. So maybe you're still riding that momentum. I hope so. I'm still in the lead right now. I, I did took it. I took a hit last week in Bellator. Everybody uh, took a hit. Everybody took a hit last week. You know what's funny about last week? So I want to verify this. I think it was yeah. So you know who didn't take a hit? And this is hilarious. So I, and I'm just I, I guess I'm just gonna put him on blast right now. So I apologize. But Danny Segura, uh, who I know was busy because he was in Miami covering Eagle, but he forgot. To send in his picks, so he got all the underdog picks. So Matt Matt Erickson has said he's like, look, if you don't send me your picks, he's like, I can't chase you guys all down. He's like, yeah. there's too many of us on staff. I got too much going on. He's like, <laughs> if you don't turn in any picks, you're getting all underdogs across the board, and that's just the way it's gonna be. That's awesome. So he got all underdogs and went four zero. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so now he's like one behind me, because that was his, his punishment was to go four zero. That would have been a hell of a parlay right then. Oh, yeah, I didn't even see like what the payouts would be. They were all underdogs. Insane. I didn't even think to go back and look, but wow. But, yeah, I just took it and was like, well, I'm starting the year off strong again. Not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes after this week. Uh, all right, listen, the rest of the card, as we said, we, it's all, look, it's all about the headline. There's no question about that. I will say the co-main event is intriguing, um, but it's it's kind of a weird one. And I'm kind of curious at what you think about what – maybe you can tell me why you think this is – so here's what I thought was great. So it's Punaheli Soriano and Nick Maximoff. I know Mick Maximoff – uh, is the uh, the you know the Diaz protege? So maybe yeah. that's enough to Era get him in there. Have the 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 Diaz army. Maybe maybe that's enough to get him in the cover. But I thought it was hilarious that even Puna was like, I I didn't I, I was surprised with the comment. He's like, I thought there were other people more deserving. He's like, he's Puna little and I love that Puna. If Sam so Alvey, if Sam Alvey maybe wasn't a last minute one, I could I could have seen that just for the fact of Sam Alvey's time. been around forever. He's been around yeah. like that. I mean like that fight those. Particular, if it wasn't like if that fight was set like that, right? At the same time as the Puna Nick one, I think that that fight would have been promoted above it. So Puna was hilarious. If you go listen to his interview today, he was basically just saying like, "Oh, I saw it on the card, but I just assumed like eventually they were going to change it because yeah. you know they changed the bout order all such the a time." Good dude, man. I love Puna a lot. Even, He's such a good dude. When I was like, uh, he was funny too because I was like, "Man, you know, you had the loss. Like, you had all that hype around you. You know, like, does does it is it maybe nice to not have that away?" He's like. I had hype around me. I was like, "Yeah, dude, people were like, you're the man. Like, you're gonna be the next big thing." He's like, 
I didn't know. I didn't know. So, <laughs> interesting co-main event. Uh, Nick Maximoff, you know, he, for his part, by the way, he did say, look, man, last one was not totally me. I stepped in on short notice. You're going to see a better version of me. So, so we'll see. We'll step up. The one that I really circled, man, and, and, and again, we talked about this on Spinning Back Click, where it's like, hey, what's one thing that you're going to be looking out for? Uh, I am definitely looking out for uh, Shafkat Rachmanov. I, I think he's the real deal. I think 14-0 at this point with 14 finishes. I mean, that's like, again, say what you will about the level of competition or whatever. When you go 14-0 and with 14 finishes, man, uh, you're, you're, you're worthy of something. But don't take away from Carlson Harris, man, a guy that um, I thought Carlson was great as well, you know, who, who is, is 2-0 in the UFC thus far, uh, two finishes. And, and, you know, he talked about, um, you know, putting the, the work in, I guess, before he came. And, and you know, that sure, everybody wants to get to the UFC faster, but this really kind of made him who he is. And uh, I don't know, I, I, that one to me might have been one I thought you could put in the co-main event slot. Maybe those guys don't have enough name value yet, but uh, Shevkat Rachmanov, I'm, I'm, I'm very much excited about. Uh, and you mentioned Sam Alvey facing late replacement Brendan Allen. Uh, how funny was Brendan Allen today? I was just like – That's good. He's like – it, 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 <laughs> it, it might be worth going and, 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 and watching the Brendan Allen video – uh, on on YouTube or MMA Junkie. I mean, if you want to not to go into a fight with feeling pressure, that's what you look like. This dude was like, I don't know what day it is. I'm not <laughs> sure what day is it today. I just, got, I just found out about this yesterday. I get on a plane. Got, I just know I got to meet 205. Landed, 206. landed in Vegas at 1130 and was speaking to us at 1 p.m. He was like, I don't know where I am. I don't know what day it is. Um, it was funny because, I, you know, on the one hand, he's like, yeah, this is, you know, this is a great opportunity for me. On the other hand, he's like, I'm totally not ready. I'm totally, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It was just, uh, I, I thought it was, but that, you know what, man? I, I respect the honesty, the, you know, the, it, it's, it's funny, man. And, uh, and by the way, um, uh, mentioned that, that him and Sean kind of, kind of buried the hat, you know, Sean Strickland and Brendan Allen have kind of had this back and forth. And, and he said, look, we kind of buried the hatchet. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he did say, look, I still want to fight Sean Strickland at some point. I want to get that one back, but, uh, but nothing personal about me, nothing personal about me. Yeah, so. that was good. I mean, you're right. When you look at the card, I mean, like, there's some unique names that are kind of thrown. They were getting these matchups, but a lot of time, a lot of these guys on face value, on their own, have smatterings of like you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that was a guy that was supposed to be the dude, you know, Dewadu's in there, you know, like oh, that yeah. Tozano fight. That's going to be good. But look at that, and Jokuwani, who had been doing some good shit over Bellator. His brother used to be in the UFC. Yep. Now here he is. He's got the contender. He got the contract. Now he's fighting Barry Alton. That's a good fight. I think so too. But I, th- I think if. And Jokiwani had maybe more history in the UFC. That possibly could have been higher up in the card. Yep. Um, but down like uh, the the Brazilian fight, Marquez Almeida. That that's a good one. To Mark Alexis I- Davis Stolyarenko. That one, if it if Julia or Julia had been a little bit, uh, maybe had some better. Um, results recently yeah, with yeah. Alexis Davis. That's another one where I could have seen that the UFC might have tried might to have sneak, up in a co-main event spot. Try to sneak up a women's fight up in there for I could sure. See that. I do. I, I like Malcolm Gordon and Dennis Bondar uh, off the top, man. I think that's going to be a, a fantastic yeah. flyweight fight. That's going to be action-packed. So I do think we're going to get some entertainment. By the way, you mentioned uh, to uh, the Brazilians, Jelton Almeida and, and Danilo Marcus. Uh, so that funny. Fun. Dude, I was, I, was out, uh, I was out in the lobby of the Apex and uh, Danilo Marcus starts walking down and then like Shogun's with him, you know, because he's, he's no part shit. of that team. Yeah, it's just so – Shogun to me, it's funny how we, we talk. That's I mean, awesome. This is all – you know, obviously all we do week in, week out, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. interview fighters. Da, da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say Shogun to me is still one guy that when he shows Fuck up, yeah. it's like that's a legend, Shogun dude. walks down the stairs and you're in that lobby, like that's cool. I was. I was like, bro, I was like, bro, Shogun. That's cool. That's cool as shit. I mean, yeah. like one uh, 
when I was still with the UFC, when Shogun, that very first one, yeah, actually both uh, the two fights back to back or whatever were great, but Shogun, Dan Henderson, uh, the first time they fought when I was still in the UFC where they just beat the shit out of each other back to back. Oh, my God. We had to do interviews with them afterwards, and it was to the point like it almost seemed like they were going to die. Like afterwards, like I remember trying to like – get Shogun and then get Henderson. I went into his room after that fight and he was having a hard time sort of like breathing. He was like trying to be, he was like, I'll, I'll get there guys. He's like, give me a second. Give me a second. I was like, bro, I get it. Like you just went through war. Like I remember watching that fight thinking in my head, like this is the greatest fight I've it's ever insane. seen in my, in my life. The one, I mean, obviously an amazing fight, but the one thing that will always stick with me because I don't think I've heard it before or since was the photographers walking away from the cage. And I've said this before, so I apologize to people that have heard this before, but it just will always resonate with me. The photographers that were cage side, that in between rounds would walk away and come back to the press row, and they talked about the smell, smell the of blood. iron. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like They were just like, it's so strong. Like It was almost like making them sick because the blood smell was so strong. <laughs> so and I was like, unbelievable. whoa. It's crazy because like, just like you say, you talk about sights, you talk about smells. I literally, just even thinking about that, was I'm getting goosebumps, was literally just like transported back into that dressing room and back into the medicals right after it, and it was the most surreal thing because you're right. I mean, like the the smell of blood around the octagon was just – it was just – you could smell it everywhere. It crazy. was just craziest thing. I mean, and I think this was maybe right when they were starting to do it, or maybe I can't remember if they were as sticklers of trying to clean the octagon – um, oh, that was at impossible. that point, yeah, you know, because remember after once it started getting on the Fox, they were so freakish about trying to spray the octagon down, trying to clean up as much as possible. I'd have to look to see when that fight actually happened because that was before that. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they really did as much as what they did then. So like that just carried on. Like after that, uh, that was the final one. So like it was like it was just there. Yeah, like there was no cleaning. It's that fun, up. you know. I, you know, I don't. I think I've talked about it. You know, what's funny is the reason that I was given for that, and you you know, it's like they just don't want it to look terrible on right. on on Broadcast, Fox. Like, yeah. oh my God, there's so much blood everywhere. What is that on the the, the map there, the, honey? The, the official reason I was given is that like it's it's for show continuity. Like they don't want you to just tune in. And, like, it, why is there blood all over the canvas? Like, shut up. That's not the reason. They put makeup on the face to, like, cover up like, so there's no bruises. They're like, well, they, you know, they don't want you to tune in and be like, well, the fights are just starting. Why is there blood already on the canvas? Like, we don't want – Why we don't is his eyeball dislocated yeah. on the bottom of his face? It was so funny. I was like, oh, come man. on, man. But, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, seeing Shogun walk down the stairs, I, I think anybody – cool. I mean, it's like – not that we ever really get starstruck, and you know, luckily, you know, that was one thing that. But he's still one where I'm like, that's. But cool. yeah, I mean, that's it's like, I could see, you know, even when like Saint Pierre comes in, you know, we've interviewed yeah. him a ton of times, and it's like, he, you know, he's one of the greatest guys ever. But it's like you see him, you're like, oh, I'm not gonna be like, oh, can you sign this? But when you see people yeah. of that level and Shogun's at that level, Shogun, you have to take a moment to respect. Chuck, obviously, you know? Chuck. like Poise, you yeah. know what I mean? Like there's, there's just there's cool ones like that. It's just so, it's so it's so amazing. Like those guys were the ones that helped build this sport. But let alone guys that came from Pride and yeah. did other stuff and then just have been around for so long. And the fact that even if they're maybe not actively fighting, they're still giving back to the sport. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would have did the same thing. I would have did a double take and stop and just be like, "Dude, what's up?" We had a, <laughs> we had a. It was funny talking about cleaning up blood at CFFC because the canvas there is the uh, what do you call that material where you can where you can clean it? Like it's not canvas, it's the uh, shit, I can't remember. 
the Duke got me forgetting words like right now. Vinyl, or vinyl. There you go. Yeah. That's what I say. So you can, you can. I mean, you not only can you clean it up, you have to clean it up, or it's just like liquid pooling on there. But uh, yeah, that was pretty That's funny. So gross. It's so gross, but it's it's funny. So like. Basically, the producers like telling me and Andre Petrosky to like just fill, fill time because so they're clean. Clean. Uh. And you know what's funny is like we were just talking and talking, and I was like, finally, That's I was so like, gnarly. finally, I was just like, hey, you may wonder why John and Andre are talking so long. I'm like, they're cleaning the blood out of the kitchen. <laughs> I like, I love the producer. I got to talk to the producer. I didn't talk to him. I was like, I don't know if they got mad at me for being like, you're not supposed to say that. But I was just like. That's what's going on. Why not? I mean, like, if there was, I mean, especially in an organization like that, I mean, I think that's the kind of thing that would still work if the UFC was saying because yeah. people, they, they get it. Yeah. You know, we're not watching people go out there and, and fucking play cards. I mean, they're going out there throwing hands yep. and kicks and stuff. Like, they get it. Like, if anything, if I heard that, I'd be like, can you? Can you show that? Yeah, flip it over there. Can I want to see. Show that? I want to like, see. What is, like, like, how bad is it pulling? How big of a pool are they cleaning up, you know? So funny. Uh, all right, listen. Uh, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't originally planning on this, but I, w- I want to play it because it, stu- it's, it, it stuck with me a day. It resonated with me. Um, the tough finale that wasn't the tough finale that was supposed to happen, yeah. Treshawn Gore versus Brian Battle, um, they're, they're, they're facing off. But I just got to say, man, um, Treshawn Gore, I, I don't know, man. I Just – seems like the nicest human being in the most commi- – I, like, I don't know how you don't cheer for this guy. So, uh, Preach, John. I, Preach. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just <laughs> – I, I wasn't – it stuck with me, and so I want to play this uh, in case you didn't check it. Because I could understand why a lot – dude, I guarantee you, even the hardcores that are listening to this, I, I know there's a lot of you that didn't watch The Ultimate Fighter, and that's okay. I get it. I'm not trying yeah. to say, like, hey, man, if you didn't watch Tough, you got you to gotta turn in your hardcore card, man. You're not <laughs> – you know what I mean? I get it, man. There's so much content out there, it's difficult so to keep much. up with it. Like, we get we get paid to keep up with the content, and it's and still, still hard keep to keep up with all the content. I didn't watch anything. So I 100% get it. I watched season. it. But um, just I, I want you to, to listen to this because this dude, I, I just – again, nothing is Brian Battle because Brian Battle is an incredibly nice guy too and a very yep. talented fighter. But I just don't know how you Except hear a guy stash. speak. I don't know. Why does he leave that little bits on the side? I mean, is that a thing? I don't think it's, it's – it probably just doesn't grow there, right? Like, I don't think that's a choice. No, but it, it only grows right there. He only has those little bits right above, like, the edge of his mouth. I'm oh, like, I guess I didn't notice close enough. You didn't see it? Well, go back and watch the video. I want to just, like did, – did you – All right. Well, while, we're, while everybody part? else is listening to Treshawn <laughs> Gore, I'll, uh, I'll go check out Brian Battle, and I'll see, I'll see what you're talking <laughs> He's about. He's having but, a battle with his stash. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel the Duke's getting a little cantankerous over there. Out of All right. Don't listen to Cole Coffey. Listen to Treshawn Gore and tell me that you can't cheer for this guy. Well, Sean, I mean, uh, just how difficult was it, man, mentally, I guess, you know, not being able to compete and kind of close out the tournament? How tough was that for you? Man, it was it was uh, difficult, but uh, I got through it, you know. And uh, I had to get that surgery, and I had to do what I had to do, man, uh, because I didn't want it to be an underlying issue later in my career. So I just got it operated on. And uh, I'm happy for uh, Brian and Gilbert, you know. He got to celebrate his victory while he, while he did, but now it's time for me to take what's mine. I like it. Smart decision, it seems like. Was it one that you had to be talked into, or did you think, like, did you know right away, like, this is bad enough, I can't compete, or were you like, no, I can do this, and somebody had to talk you out of it? Like, it felt, it felt pretty bad in practice. It was bothering me since the show. It was tour on the show, and, like, it kept, like, locking on me and stuff, so I didn't want it to, like – Lock out on me in the fight. So I just went ahead and I got it done, man. I, I did what I did. I'm happy with that decision. Um, and I plan on making a, an, an incredible comeback, a more impressive comeback than the show in this next fight. I love it. Did, did you watch the finale or did you like, I can't, I can't watch it? I watched it, man. I saw uh, Gilbert and Brian duking it out, you know. Two warriors in there. 
two great fighters. Nothing, I don't got anything bad to say about them. But they weren't fighting me. So, I mean, like, and no, I don't feel like this is for the tough title because Brian won that, man. He won that fair and square. I got injured. It's not his fault that I got injured. You know, he, he did his job and he showed up. And that's, you know, you know he won it. Um, so they need to go ahead and give that man the respect as the, as the tough t uh, champion. But at the same time, I'm going to be champion of the world. So he could have it. He could have that title because I want that belt, man. I want to be, ch be champion of the world. I want them all to respect my name. I'm just, nobody really knows me right now. But one day they all going to know me as the greatest in Jesus' name. Awesome, man. That's respectful of you to say that. I'm curious, even though you say, hey, give him his respect, he is the tough champion, was it still important that this was the fight that got, got made? Like, was there something for you that, like, I need that closure, I need to show that I would have won if I was there? Man, me and Brian were supposed to fight, like, three down times already, like, on the regional circuit. So it's like, yeah, like, this fight needs to happen. I need to show him he's not better than me because he thinks he is, and his team, they sleep on me. I'm tired of that shit. You know, I'm going to show them that I'm on another level. And my coaches, my team, they know I'm on another level. So I'm just ready to just go in there and display my talent. And uh, I remember one time we got offered 600 bucks to fight in, in Derek Brunson's promotion. And, and, like, Brian didn't take the fight because they didn't want to accept that amount of money. But I was ready to fight for that shit because I knew where it was going to get us ultimately, you know. And, uh, but we're here now. We're here now, and it wasn't meant. Now we get to fight uh, uh, live on the fight night on the main card. So look at God, man. It's all him. I wouldn't be here without him. That's awesome. So what's your goal? I mean, you're talking about, obviously, championship aspirations and where you plan to be. So are you looking at this fight as, like, I got to go in here and make a statement and let the world, you know, know who I am right away? Or is it more just let me just, let me just get a win, get my feet wet, start making a run? I mean, what, how, how are you viewing this fight? I mean, of course, like, I, get, I feel a little pressure to make a statement, but at the same time, it's like, it's like, I'm just, like, the win is the win. You know, like, I can't, I'm not going to go in there. Fighters that put pressure on themselves, they go in there and they wing all these punches and, like, wing kicks and just be in there throwing their blows and gassing themselves out. And, like, me, I just want to go in there and, and I'm going to go in there and be calculated, strategic, accurate, fast. And, like, he not going to be able to deal with my speed. That's the main thing that's going to throw him off is my speed. And uh, I'm just ready to get in there and do it. It's easy to say what you're going to do. But, man, with God on my side, all things are possible. All things are possible. Philippians 4.13, look it up. Even y'all sit in y'all position because the grace of God. So, I mean, like, I'm going to keep winning because of him. And uh, come Saturday, I'm going to display that I'm the best. Very nice. Last thing for me, knowing that this is a fight that you've kind of almost had, prepared for, I mean, it's an opponent you're very familiar with by this point. What kind of fight do you think we see? Is this something where you can go get done something impressively? Or do you feel like this is going to be a 15-minute battle you're going to have to gut through? What kind of fight do you think we see? I see myself knocking him out in the first, but if I don't knock him out in the first, like, I see myself knocking him out in the second or third because I got the conditioning. Thanks to my coach, light work bodies, look it up. Uh, Light work bodies, the best in the game, best strength and conditioning out there. And uh, I feel like like my conditioning's up there to either beat them in a the decision or, you know, win by knocking them out. But, you know, I'm thankful to get a win either way. Like, I just want to win and just keep moving forward. 
and that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna win, and uh, much respect to him after, like, you know, like much respect to him after we fight. I hope he goes on and gets some some wins and stuff. But he's not beating me, man. I done sacrificed too much. I done been praying too hard, man. I done been trusting in God for all this long time, and ain't nothing changing. He gonna give me the grace and mercy to do it again, even more impressively. That was Treshawn Gore. Like I said, man, I, I I don't know. It just stuck with me, man. I, I like somebody. Um, first of all, man, like a, a man that has that kind of faith. I respect it, man. Our strong. strong faith, man. I respect that. Um, and and but respectful too, man. Like I, I love the fact. I mean, it would be such an easy scenario to be like, that's not the real tough champion. He didn't fight me. I love the fact that he went out of his way to say that. No, no, no. Give that man his due. Give that man his due. He did. As soon as he said that, I was like, thank goodness. Right. Give I, that man his know. due. But then said, but. But I'm gonna be world champion. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, if he didn't, and people start getting, hey, what? It's it's hard to not be like, oh, you're just sour puss about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he had every reason to be like sort of pissy about it, yeah. you know. But he made the right decision to get the surgery, do what he needed to do. But I love the fact he was like, he's like, no, I give him all credit. He Good showed for him. up. He got there. He won that belt. I love he's it. He's like, he won that title. He's like, but no, I'm aiming for the belt. I love it. I'm aiming for the belt. I love it. I just, <laughs> I love it, man. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Like I said, I'm, I'm not. Saying anything against Brian Battle, I think you did Brian Battle a disservice. I think that's some like some shadows or something there, man. I people go go make your own decisions. All right, make go your look own. at it because that shadow followed him along. Is that like his like angry ghost that's following, just sitting on his face? I think you did this man wrong. I think this man, I, Brian Battle, you tell Cole Coffee next time you see him. Tell I'm, him you didn't. I'm like. <laughs> Card kicks off. Fucking shadow. Card I, kicks off. I can't even think of a funny way to say what what was shadow. Card kicks off with some extra flavor. Julian Rosa versus Steven Peterson. Uh, there's some backstory here, so this is pretty funny. If you want to go check out these videos, you can check them out too. But basically, what it boils down to, Steven Peterson came in early, and we were like, "Hey, so what do you think about Julian Rosa?" He's like, "Oh, as a as a fighter, yeah, yeah. He's like a person. I think he's kind of a douche." I was like, "Whoa!" And so we asked Julian Rosa about it, and he said, "Well, listen, man, I kind of." You know, I kind of messaged him in his DMs about maybe fighting me, and, and then he, he never even responded to me. So then kind of, yeah, I kind of trolled him a little bit. So, uh, yeah, they've had a little back and forth, man. They've had a little, a little going about it. So it's a little bit of personal flavor. So as I said, look, not going to lie. It's, oh, it's the greatest card ever. They should be charging 50 bucks for it. No, the, the only one that really has some, uh, you know, some real – Immediate impact. Immediate, that's it. That's, it's the impact. main event. No question yep. about it. It's the main event. But, yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, I, but I, I think we're going to have some fun fights as we laid out there. Um, I, and I think uh, I'm intrigued. Like I said, I think Shavkat Rachmanov is, is the real deal. Um, I'm interested to see Puna and, and Maximov. That's so, it. I was going to say, I mean, especially on that co-main. I mean, like, there is – I mean, especially the whole – uh, Nick Diaz army or Nate Diaz army, whichever one now was the leader of the army. Yeah, yeah. You know, Maximov is like that sort of heir apparent. I mean, but with Puna, I mean, like – while that maybe doesn't have immediate uh, ramifications for the middleweight division, these are two studs. These are two two highly touted, if you will, prospects of, that people will be looking at yep. and that one day saying, is this a potential future champion? Yep. So in that aspect, maybe that's why they did get the Komei nod. You know, I mean, I know we looked down the line and said, oh, it could be possibly this one or this one. We don't by any means mean to say look over that because uh, on face value – um, that should be one hell of a, a fight. Puna, Puna's a hell of a fighter. Yep. Nick, I think I've seen him fight once before, and I was impressed by him. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it should be really, really good. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, 
these are the cards that we always say, you know, it's the cards that you always doubt and you, you, you try to find a reason. You're like, I'm sure it's going to be good, but maybe this is not the one. But next week's going to be a pay-per-view. These are the ones that usually always surprise us. That's it. You know, That's you should, it. And watch next week be a stinker and watch this one be just fantastic. Let's, let's hope not. Let's hope not. <laughs> let's hope not. Yet. Hey, listen, one last thing I want to say. Um, uh, Henry Cejudo came out today and kind of suggested he's not back in the USADA testing pool, or I guess Chill Sonnen has said that he is in the USADA testing pool. <laughs> First of all, I just want to say something, and, and, and I love me some Chill Sonnen. Love me some oh, Chill yeah, Sonnen. Yeah. Um, but, like, I will say this. Chill's been firing on weird cylinders Well, here's, well, well here, here's what I will say. You know, earlier we talked about what is our job as a reporter. Like, what yeah. is our job as a reporter? I'll tell you this. When Chael Sonnen says something, I don't know if you forgot his, his fighting career. He's a heel. Dude, don't don't <laughs> report what he says as yeah. fact. I know yeah. he says. Yeah. I know he says Henry Cejudo told me he's back in the testing pool, and I saw a lot of people reporting up oh, Cejudo's back in the testing pool. Yeah. Don't report anything that Chael says as fact. Into oh, does he not work for you? You saw that? Come on now, exactly. But I will say this. <laughs> I will say this. Just so you know, we did try to reach out. Um, was working with uh, with Mike Bond on this as well about <laughs> trying to find out. We we did try to verify what yeah. was going on. This is interesting. Uh, so we first reached out to uh, to USADA and said, hey, you know, USADA, can you tell us um, whether or not that they're in it? And, and, and I don't think this is a new policy. I, to be honest, I think I'd just kind of forgotten it because this isn't something that comes up very often. But um, USADA, they're basically their exact quote was, because it's a participation matter, we defer to the UFC on the subject. So we reached out to the USC. The USC gave me a statement that says, the USC does not provide details on inclusion in USADA testing pool outside of the quarterly accounting of testing numbers posted on the USADA website. Um, so basically, you know, you, those those testing results, you can see them. There's a, there's a testing history. You can see it. Uh, but they said outside of quarterly accounting of test numbers, uh, we don't comment on, on who is retired, who is unretired, who is using the registered testing pool, et cetera. Uh, that is up to the athlete if they want to disclose. So uh, just letting you know, uh, we tried. We tried both sides of it. But just so everybody is fully aware of the USADA policy and the USC policy, uh, they don't confirm it. They don't confirm it. So it's up to the athlete themselves. Um, it did seem to me that Cejudo said, uh, you know, uh, he, I think he did a spot with DC and RC today um, where he said that, you know, he, he wasn't he wasn't getting back in until they showed him the money. Show him the green, he said. So he's like, I got the gold. Now I want the green. So uh, we'll see. I'd like to, I'd like to see him back in there, but it's crazy. You just I pulled up their 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 testing uh, thing, which is actually pretty neat because you could do searches. Just looking just looking quickly back at at 2020 in competition is they did 390 in competition. They did 3,167 out of competition. Crazy. The, uh, it's so heavily skewed in out of competition. Everybody's always like, oh, you know, are they really testing these people? Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, they are. It's like 10 times outside of the end competition. So, yeah, yeah, obviously everybody can't obviously fight. You know, there's only so many fights, but these dudes are getting tested like crazy. But, yeah, it's I think that site's so neat, man. You can go and actually pull things out. If I would have planned ahead, I probably would have tried to look to see. Oh, the numbers are fun to look at. It's kind of neat. Was it? uh, I I can't. I don't remember if it was the twenty. I guess it may have been the twenty twenty one numbers. But I think it came out that like uh, Drickus Duplessis had 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 more than anybody else, and he actually he saw it and he's like, "I get it. I'm built like a Greek guy." (laughs) 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 Uh, Costa. We were like Paul Costa. You know, was like uh, he's being tested, right? 
that dude is being tested every day. Like, literally, there's just a USADA dude that's like, can I just take this extra room right here? Like, I'm just, I'm just going to stay gonna here. stay here. It'll just, just be gonna, easy. Just gonna stay here. <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, we're gonna. I think we're going to dive a little bit further into this. I got to work super early in the morning. I got the, I got the early shift on the uh, editor duty. But I'm working from home tomorrow. I think a little Are bit more Are you working from this. home tomorrow? I'm working from home tomorrow. Oh, hey, I think we could talk to the Duke a little bit. A little more. bit more of this extra Yale so, tequila, the Founders so, it Reserve. It is so really, really good. I mean, it's funny. I, I texted a buddy uh, who's like a tequila snob, and he said he had only had like the regular Duke. Yeah. And he's like, is it good? He's like, it looks really good. I was like, bro, this is good. solid. If you want, if you want to, like you kind of mentioned earlier, like special occasion. I get it, man. The price of this bottle is not going to be like, yeah. hey, let me just knock this out on a random Tuesday. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? If you got a little special occasion, or you want to do like. Get you some of this. It's I mean, it's, I it's mean, good. If you're willing to skip a couple tanks of gas, you know, if you don't have to go anywhere. Just walk get, for get, a while. Just walk for a while and get yourself a bottle of this. I love it. Because, yeah, that's like that's like two tanks of gas right there. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Legend Spirits. We'll be featuring some of their uh, beverages uh, in different uh, flavors and brands uh, all month long in the month of February thanks to the care package they sent us. So we appreciate you, Legend Spirits. You are fine people. Remind and you me the peanut, fine, the peanuts again? Uh, who, who bought me my peanuts? Matt Clark brought you a peanut M&M's. You, Matt Clark, you're a fucking gentleman. You're a fucking angel. Oh, I thought you were like... <laughs> no! <laughs> I thought you said I'm trying that. to go Sean Strickland and say, I fucking oh. love you, motherfucker. <laughs> Gave him the Sean Strickland treatment. <laughs> I fucking love you. I hope your hair is gay as fuck. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oscar was so red-faced after that. If you guys didn't know that and if you watch it, when he's talking about your gay hair, he was talking about Oscar. Yeah. Uh, it was so fantastic. I love Oscar. You love Oscar. Yeah. Hot Tea is one of our dear, our dear, dear friends. And when he was saying it, there was a part of me that was like, should we say something to break this up? Well, and the other part was like, this is awesome. Maybe that's part of the reason that we wouldn't feel like we need to get in either because he was breaking Oscar's balls who needs to it have his balls broken every now and then. It was so good. Yeah. It was so good. So, uh, But, yeah, fucking thank you for the, the peanuts, M&Ms. I fucking love peanut M&Ms. Thank you, Matt Clark. Everybody else, <laughs> thanks for listening.